everybody. Welcome back to the Large Nerdron Collider. After a bit of a break, we're the podcast that's all about the geeky things in the world around us and how excited we are about them. Woo! I am rusty at this intro. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is the stupendous and today kind of wacky Jonathan Strickland. The force is strong in this one. But wait, did we get, did we finally get that, uh, uh, Young Guns, Star Wars crossover we've been hoping for? I mean, the day is early yet, Ariel. As far as we know, that has in fact been announced as we're recording this. <laughs> that is true, because Star Wars Celebration is happening. Um, I don't think we're going to get that mashup. Uh, it's just, you were you were mighty country, my friend. Well, you know, I'm a little bit country, and then a teeny tiny bit rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've been gone for a couple of weeks. Jonathan had some travel and then I had some travel, but we are back now and excited with the plethora of Geekosphere happenings that are happening. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's going to be a jam packed episode filled with news. Plus, you know, some chitter chatter from your two beloved hosts, but in order for us mm-hmm. to get this ball rolling, cause Ariel, she's got places to go and work to do. So we're going (laughs) to jump right in with 30 seconds or less. Yes. And the first thing is that it looks like Warner Brothers is planning to adapt Harry Potter into an HBO Max series. They're in the final stage of negotiations. We knew this was happening um, because Zaslav already said that he wants to make more Harry Potter, Superman, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Sex and the City, all that stuff. I'm... (sighs) He's like, it's been so long since we've had these movies. I'm like, it's because we've already had these movies. Anyhow, it looks like that is still going forward, um, despite anybody's excitement or not excitement about that. Yes, indeed. All right, I'm up next. And my first 30 seconds or less is about a film adaptation of lore. Now, this is not the podcast series by Aaron Minky, but rather a novel written by Alexandra Bracken, which a Hollywood reporter says is Hunger Games meets Greek mythology. Uh, I don't know if I really am down for that, but then, hey, I'm old. So this sounds like it's like a young adult kind of appeal thing. Anyway, Amy Pascal is going to produce. She produced Spider-Man. And then Joe Shrapnel and Anna Waterhouse are going to be writing the screenplay. So this is very, very early on in the whole phase, but uh, yeah, thought it was interesting. If there are any lore fans out there, I hope you're looking forward to a film adaptation. Yeah. I originally thought this was an adaptation of the comic book lore Olympus, but to be fair, I'm not familiar with the novel. So the the comic could be based off the book. I don't know. Um, Sorry. That's the only, that's the only like interjection I have. All right. Uh, the next 30 seconds or less, uh, we got an announcement from The Rock that Moana is getting a live action adaptation and that he will be playing Maui. Um, you know, he's got a really uh, close relationship with the story and with Hawaii, he's kind of where he spent a large portion of his life. Um, and uh, I don't know, I super loved him as Maui in the cartoon. Um, it's another one of those ones where I feel like trying to take it out of animation and put it into faux real life, it might lose something. And also, like, I love the the kind of 
uh, roundly bulky Maui we got in the cartoon, and that isn't The Rock. I'm sure he'll slay the part, but at the same time, he doesn't have the look I want. Yeah, you know, and and here's my little interjection. I'm also going to say, like, it. I understand people who are getting frustrated with these remakes of animated films out of Disney, particularly when we're starting to see, like, even shorter time spans between when the original came out and when the remake is coming out. It does feel a little not great to me. And I don't think Moana is one that is really ripe for a, a live action film. However, that being said, having a, a movie where Pacific Islanders get more representation, that's a good thing. So I don't really feel badly about that. I just kind of wish they were tackling a different Pacific Islander based story. Well, we'll get to that later. Uh, also, they, this leads right into, you know, maybe some of the reason that they are remaking some of their older stuff is to do with uh, the reason, some of the reasons people are speculating for your next 30 second or less. Right. Which is Bob Iger, the CEO who replaced Bob Chapek, had a lot to say to shareholders in a phone call earlier this week. And part of that involved a $17 billion investment in Walt Disney World over the next 10 years. Now, the word investment to me suggests that this is about adding to the, the Walt Disney World area, not just supporting its day-to-day -day operations. And I think this also probably has a lot to do with politics. We won't really get into it, but Disney is kind of in an embattled uh, disagreement with the state of Florida. And I have a feeling that this was Iger saying, hey, Florida, we're pouring a ton of investment in your state. So maybe back off a bit. That's the feeling I got. But yeah, we'll surely have a lot more to say about this as actual projects are announced over time. All right. The next thing is it looks like uh, talks are in the way to get a fifth installment of the Shrek franchise, which it's been quite uh, over 10 years since the last Shrek movie. And well, it, unless you count Puss in Boots, which came out last year. Um, but they're looking to get the original cast. On the one hand, I definitely think like the jokes don't all hold up anymore because it's been over 10 years and they were all very timely. On the other hand, do we really need more Shrek? That was 32 seconds. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, um, I have nothing to add to that other than I never really... I, I never really got the full appeal of Shrek in the first place, but we could have a whole episode dedicated to DreamWorks versus Disney and their philosophies. Instead, I'm moving on. And the next announcement we have is that we know that Lilo and Stitch is getting its own live action remake, like so many other Disney animated films. And now we know the actress who will be playing the young Lilo. Her name is Maya Kialoa, and she will be playing Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. The only other person that I know for sure has been announced as being part of this is Zach Galifianakis. And as far as I know, they have not revealed what character he is playing. My guess is Stitch. 
All right. Uh, next, if you are a fan of Street Fighter and you have been craving a wonderful Street Fighter movie since Raul Julia was in one way back in the day, uh, you're in luck because Legendary Pictures has gotten the rights to it. They're the people who did Godzilla, or sorry, no, Godzilla vs. Kong, Detective Pikachu, and Dune, and they have acquired the film and TV rights to Street Fighter. Uh, maybe we'll get a good movie. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, hope springs eternal. The, the The Mortal Kombat film was almost good. It definitely had moments that were really cool visually, although I, I think overall it kind of was a dud. But, you know, I, I would love to see a great Street Fighter movie. I, honestly, I think the original Street Fighter film is entertaining, but not entertaining because it was a good movie. <clears throat> okay just because Raul Julia is amazing I mean yes that is undeniable that's just a truth okay my next 30 seconds or less so Josh Friedman has been tapped to rewrite the Fantastic Four film for the Marvel Cinematic Universe the original writers were Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer who were mostly known for doing uh, work in the comedy genre well, they've gotten the boot, and now Josh Friedman's going to do a, apparently a full rewrite of the script. He is more known for science fiction. He co-wrote War of the Worlds and some other sci-fi works as well. So perhaps this is an indication that the Fantastic Four film is going to have a, a fundamental change in tone and go from being a, maybe a more lighthearted comedic story to one that's a bit more grounded in tropes of science fiction. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> there's so little known about it. Okay, uh, next is that The Ballerina, which is a spin-off, spinoff of John Wick, is getting a release date of June 7th, 2024. You know, that's not too bad since John Wick 4 just came out. And if you're one of the people who contributed to its 73 plus million box office so far, and you're sad that there's not any more, you know, it's not too long of a wait for you. So, um... Yeah, that's that's about it. That's yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to give any spoilers related to John Wick Four, but I have questions. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I won't. I'm not going to spoil it for you or for anyone else out there. Okay, cool. <laughs> moving on. So there is a graphic novel called Hellicious, which is a comic book about the granddaughter of, uh, you know, Satan, <laughs> who is kind of wreaking havoc and being a prankster in hell, but she's sort of kind of trying to find her own way. And then she finds out that her favorite uh, rock star is scheduled to die. So she's determined to bring him down to hell, even though it turns out that's not really where he's supposed to be. And then they go on misadventures together. And now it's being turned into an animated uh, series and Anthony Kiedis, who's best known as being the front man for Red Hot Chili Peppers, is attached to Star, presumably as the rock star Briggy Bundy. Uh, interesting concept. I don't know if I'll watch it. Uh, something else I don't know if I'll watch because I never watched the original is it looks like Amazon has ordered a TV adaptation of the movie Cruel Intentions, which was book based on the book Dangerous Liaisons. I haven't watched or read either. Um, 
It looks like they were looking to make this show as early as 2021, and it's not the first time they've tried to make a show back in 2016. They tried to make a Cruel Intentions show back in, uh, in 2004. We got Cruel Intentions 3. So, um, yeah, if that's your jam, maybe you'll have something to look forward to. Yeah, I, to me, the reason why I wanted to even include this in our lineup is just because the basic story has a very long lineage, right? From being, you know, a book to like, there was a play, there was the, you know, the French interpretation, then there's the American interpretation, they had John Malkovich in it, which then, by the way, informed one of the greatest music videos of all time, Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. Then you had Cruel Intentions, the teenage version of the story. And now we've got this. And I, I'm to me, it sounds like, hey, Euphoria did a really good job at getting a lot of eyeballs. How about we do a different version of Euphoria where everyone is just out and out uh, ready to sleep with one another and have no issues uh, messing with each other? Uh, it's hard for Jonathan, me to say I... what. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it's hard for me to say what I'm thinking and keep it family friendly. <laughs> also, I didn't realize you had such strong feelings about Cruel Intentions. Maybe we should have moved it to the actual storyline. No, 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 no. I it's expected just, that would be a quick and done. No, no. It was just it was just more of like, an, an, you know, being interested in its lineage. It, I, I don't have much to say about the actual content other than, uh, you know, it. It has its audience and there are different audiences. There's like the cerebral yep. audience and then there's the ooh, ooh, audience. Sure. All right. Okay. <laughs> last one. Here we go. Uh, not, or not, not, not the, the last, last one. one. Not the last one. I forgot we added more. No, sir. Okay. All right. Sorry. 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 Uh, the, the third to last. Okay. So one of the stories we have here, it's that My Adventures of Superman, an animated series that is a lighthearted DC animated series. It's actually going to Adult Swim, which is a weird place for it to go because it doesn't feel like an Adult Swim kind of series to me. Uh, but it also has Jack Quaid voicing the character of Superman slash Clark Kent. I think that's hilarious because, of course, Jack Quaid is also in the series The Boys, where his his arch nemesis is essentially an evil version of Superman. But, you know, it should, it looks interesting. The little sneak peek they have is cute. Uh, there's not much you can say about it because it's, it's a very short snippet, but I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. All right. Next is uh, Paramount Plus. If you ha don't have Paramount Plus or if you've dropped it uh, right now, you can get a free month now through April 26th. After that, it will automatically roll over to a paid membership, so just be aware of that. $5 a month for ad supporting or 10 a month for no ads or a bundle with Showtime for 12 a month. But if you've been wanting to catch the latest season of Picard and haven't wanted to pay for it um, or have already caught up on all the other Paramount Plus stuff and, and dropped it for the time being, hey, you've got an opportunity. Yes. Uh, it is one of the several streaming services that I do not subscribe to currently, so maybe I'll think about it. Okay, here is the last story for realsies. This is what I get for looking at my tabs instead of looking at our show notes. Yeah, our, our final story is that we got a teaser for Muppet Mayhem, which is about the electric mayhem. That's the, the band that is in the, the Muppet Show universe. And it, it's just a teaser, so we don't get a whole lot to it, but it does make it look like it's kind of, 
your standard biopic documentary about a rock band. So that to me seems like it could be a lot of fun. These are characters who are typically in a little supporting role. It's very rare to have them take front and center stage. So I hope that this project makes it a really fun story that we can, you know, think of as having that true Muppet chaotic, you know, experience in it. I thought we'd chat just briefly about some of the stuff we've been up to since we took our, our two week hiatus. Um, One of the things I thought was interesting, I still haven't watched it. I haven't seen Dungeons and Dragons yet, but I've been really surprised at how reviews have on, you know, for the most part been pretty, pretty positive for that movie. Yeah, both critically and um, and audience wise, it's been pretty fresh, um, including friends of mine who very much love D&D kind of all across the spectrum of how they like to game and what kind of stories they like have enjoyed this. It's not from what I hear, like. It's just good fun is what I hear mm-hmm. um, with a couple uh, with a lot of really good Easter eggs and maybe a couple tearjerkers if you like either systems or lore. Um, I'm seeing it this weekend. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, so I far think... I've got the theater mostly to myself. <laughs> well, what day are you watching? That's how it? I like it. Sunday evening. Oh, I, Easter I, Sunday I, evening. Yeah, I'll be I'll be watching nieces try to find eggs. Uh, and depending on how I good mean, they are, I might still be doing that at that time. Listen, I also I I like to do Easter stuff, so I'll be doing Easter stuff in the morning and then I have a game. And then after that game, I'm going to go watch the movie. So um, but it's not a and d game. It's a it's a different system. Well, that's cool. I, I am eager to hear your thoughts on it. I almost went to see it last weekend, but just didn't get my act together to do it. Something else that we saw, or at least we you know, we saw the reactions to, was for the Super Mario movie, which is out now. And again, uh, most of the reviews I've seen have been pretty positive. The one negative review I saw, it really wasn't even that negative. It was just a little more critical, was in the Mary Sue. And I think it looked like the, the major criticism was that the movie appeared to be uh, uh, an appeal to nostalgic millennials and that it really wasn't for other audiences but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes you just know who your audience is. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? It's not just for millennials because my niece and nephews are super excited about seeing it. So it's also for kids. So, you know, bully yeah, on them. I, I think, I think maybe it was just that some of the jokes perhaps were felt like they were gearing toward, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say. It's just based upon what the review said. And like I said, every other review I yeah. saw was really positive. And I'm like, uh, Mary Sue, you might want to be a little careful and not try, you know, try to avoid getting a reputation of being the poopers of the party. <laughs> but but also, like, when you look at most cartoons that require adults to take children to them, they put in jokes that the parents will enjoy. And if yeah. you've got a bunch of, you know, five to... 13 year olds. Cause that in my five to 14 year olds. Cause in my brain, those are the ones that go to the movies still with their parents. Um, those parents are more than likely millennials. So of course you want to appeal to them as well as the children, because you want to make it a fun experience for everybody, but that's, that's not point. new. Looney Tunes did it. Animaniacs did it. Tiny Tunes did it. Hanna-Barbera did it. So they're just being cranky. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that's, that's kind of the feeling I got too. Uh, now, Ariel, you've been off on vacation, but has there been anything in the geekosphere that you were kind of into over the last couple of weeks that you wanted to touch on? Um, I haven't watched any Mandalorian yet. I have seen some spoilers, but not a whole lot, honestly. Um, uh, while I was in Mexico, I caught the last five minutes of the first uh, Jace, Freddy versus Jason movie. I caught the last five minutes of Doctor Sleep. Um, oh, what else? And I watched the first half of that week's Never After episode from Dimension 20 while sitting by the pool. Um, this is not to brag on my vacation. It was very relaxing. I just didn't spend a lot of time watching TV. And when I've been home, I've been prepping for band gigs and prepping for travel and, uh, trying to get work in a good place. So other than the standard, like Connors and night court and, and stuff like that, I haven't watched much. Uh, have you still not watched episode four of the last of us? I think I'm like three quarters of the way through now. <laughs> That so the problem is that requires more attention as as does Dimension Twenty stuff. So like the things that I watch in the evening are stuff that my husband also likes to watch. Um, so, uh, and we've been just up to our vacation. We we really needed this vacation, and up to our vacation, we just didn't have a lot of brain power. So it was like we finished off History of the World Part Two, which was so so. Um, about half good and about half really grown, super grown and cringe. Um, and then, you know, we watched stuff that was easy and lighthearted and even stuff that we've kind of already seen before, just because we didn't have a lot of energy to put into any shows prior to vacation. And we didn't have a lot of brain power. We were juggling a lot of things to get everything ready. Like we had to put my cat into boarding. This is more information than any of you needed about my personal life, but now you have it. Um, so now we're back. We're going to start stuff up again and start watching new stuff. And I'm going to make him watch a whole bunch of stuff with me, but um, it, it's kind of been path of least resistance. And last of us requires just, it requires attention. I tried to half watch it and that does not work. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Uh, the really the only thing like I, same for me, I haven't been watching a whole lot of stuff like I did catch up on Night Court, which uh, ridiculous. And then also <laughs> I I um I watched the first two episodes of season two of Schmigadoon, uh, the Chicago season. And uh, man, if you love musicals and you love like catching references to musicals you need to watch at least season two like really you need the first season so you have the grounding but the second season so far i think is even better and more entertaining than the first one and i say that even though i'm not the biggest fan of the musicals that they are referencing stuff like chicago and cabaret and pippin and hair and sweet charity and sweeney todd and company there's a lot of Sondheim references in this one, uh, but it's yeah. it's fun. Like, and it's it's fun to watch them poke fun at the stereotypes of musicals. My favorite being a musical number about how shocking the musical number is, and nothing about it is particularly shocking to a modern audience. But they are referencing the fact that when these musicals came out, they were really challenging a lot of social norms, and uh, it's just that now society accepts certain things a lot more readily than it used to. And so it's not really shocking anymore. It's kind of like if you were to go see Rocky horror 
today, I don't think it would be nearly as scandalous as it was when it came out in the 70s. I mean, it, it all depends on the cast members who are performing in front of it. Um, there's a there's a lot of things that intent will make feel darker or lighter, uh, regardless of what the words or the topic is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found because um, cabaret still, even though it's not as shocking as it was back in the day, like it still feels pretty grungy to me. Well, yeah, um, no, no, cabaret definitely has like. It has that sort of sleazy feel to it. And plus, I mean, you have the underlying threat of the Nazis all the way through Cabaret. And like, mm-hmm. that's never going to feel like it's a minor thing, right? That's always going to feel like it's a really uh, dark and important part of the story. Yeah. But I mean, like even Chicago, I, I think it's because they're, they, they are dark storylines and they are kind of gritty and uh, maybe sleazy is the right word. Um, cause I can't figure out what that word is. Like it's not shocking anymore, but it still has that, uh, kind of visceral, uh, under, un, I, I can't even Tone. think of the right word. It's, it's <laughs> definitely that visceral undertone to it that I'm like, it still, it still gives me the intended feels. Um, yeah. Well, I, and like the story certainly can still have an impact. It's just that like certain, like the song references things like I have a tattoo. Doesn't that shock you? <laughs> like, uh, and the characters yes. are like, no, not, not really. Like, <laughs> cause like, that's kind of a normal thing now. So that's sort of the tropes that they're poking fun at. But yeah, I think, I think if you're a fan of musicals, you should definitely check out the first season of Schmigadoon was cute and had uh, moments that I thought were really entertaining. I just feel like this one, the second season already is stronger than the first season was, but we're only two episodes in the third one doesn't come out until next week. So I have to wait a while yeah. until the next one. And uh, I'm, I'm poor chomping Jonathan. at the bit. Yeah. Poor Jonathan uh, messaged me. was like, I messed up. I messed up big. It didn't release all at once, which is very funny. Yeah, um, yeah, because the first two episodes were out, but then what they did, Ariel, because it didn't say this, but what they did at HBO, oh, I'm so mad. Actually, Apple, Apple, I'm so mad at it's you. It's not HBO. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it, it's one of the few streaming services I subscribe to. The Apple, I'm so mad at you. So what you did was you had episode one, you had episode two, and then in the little carousel, they had a thumbnail for episode three, even though there wasn't an episode three to actually show yet, it was the thumbnail for three to say like, this is coming soon, but it didn't just say coming soon. So when I started pushing play, I was like, Oh, they dropped the whole season at once. I can binge the whole thing. And then two episodes in, I was like, why is it suddenly switching to a different series? Yeah. Um, Hulu does that too. Um, but it, it can be frustrating. Uh, so Anything else that you watched? No, let's move on to all the news we have to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, if that sounded uh, cranky, it wasn't. I was generally genuinely interested. No, um, no, no. That <laughs> no, really Chicago is like the only thing relatively geeky that's new that I caught. Everything else I've been watching mm-hmm. uh, has been kind of like what you were saying, like the low effort sort of stuff that I had in the background because I was trying to do other stuff at the same time. Yeah. Honestly, though, like uh, there's still a bunch of movies that I actually want to go see. So I still need to see the new Creed movie Um, Mm -hmm. and Renfield comes out April 14th. So 
Um, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that has come out recently in movies that I haven't watched, as well as like I still haven't seen the immeasurable weight of immense ta- immense weight of immeasurable talent or everything everywhere all at once, or nope. Um, so um, I am going to start putting TV stuff in there now that I'm back from vacation and I'm all nice and refreshed. Though slightly itchy. Did you guys know that you can get a rash from sargassum seaweed? Um, anyhow, uh, <laughs> Ariel can at least. Yes, uh, I have sensitive skin. Um, my husband not bothered at all, um, and I'm okay. It's okay. It's just a little itchy. Um, anyhow, uh, yeah, lot so much good stuff. So much good stuff. Okay, you're right. We should we should move on though. Um, yes, to Star, Star Wars celebration. Wars. Yeah, there's so much to talk about because if you thought maybe we were inundated with Star Wars before, well, you ain't seen nothing yet because they have announced a whole bunch of different projects that are in the pipeline. Now, keep in mind. And one that isn't even Star Wars. Come on now. (laughs) That's well, I mean, a couple that aren't. But yeah, um, the one of the things I wanted to mention, though, was that you know, we've also seen projects get pulled, right? Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson was supposed to do a trilogy that has apparently been completely abandoned. Um, so sad. <laughs> yeah. There was the one where, Oh, I forgot her name. The, the director of wonder woman that she was going to do. Yes. I think there was one that she was supposed to do that is now kind of dead in the water too. Uh, but there's yeah, a bunch she was of, she's going to do like a squadron movie about, about like X-wing, X-wing pilots. pilots. Yeah. So, but there is a lot of stuff that has been announced, uh, including things like when we could expect Andor season two, which will be like next year. Uh, I still haven't watched Andor season one, so I needed to get on that. They talked about, uh, you know, the acolyte a little bit, although which, we go ahead. No, you go ahead and then I'll say my thought. I was going to say they showed a teaser to the crowd, but we have not yet seen it as we're recording this. No, honestly, of all the things they announced, it is what I am most excited about. Um, but partially because I misread what they said it was going to be like. So some of the things uh, we are, we're going to talk about a little bit later because we did get some trailers, um, but Acolyte's not one of them, as Jonathan just said. Uh, they said it's Frozen meets Kill Bill, but my brain went to... Uh, what is that? That uh, my brain brain went to Snowpiercer meets Kill Bill, <laughs> and so I thought it was a very different show. <laughs> Let it go, Ariel. <laughs> now, Acolyte it seems a little bit different, so I'm kind of excited about that. I also have not. Yeah. Well, I started Andor, but I haven't finished it. Yeah. So, so Acolyte is supposed to be set before the events of the prequel trilogy. And it's from the perspective of the bad guys who are the underdogs. And I don't know. I mean, it, it might end up being a really entertaining series. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of over the whole, hey, let's look at this from the bad guys point of view, largely because the bad guys, at least in the original trilogy of Star Wars, were essentially Nazis. And I am not interested in in being told to empathize with them. So so maybe I- you know, maybe it's going to be a little different, but like, ah, I'm not so big on let's feel for the bad guys. I agree. That is how the um, original trilogy portrayed them. And I would be happy to keep them there. But since then, they've done a whole bunch of lore about, um, you know, emotion isn't necessarily a bad thing and you need a balance between the two. And um, I don't I don't want to look at the 
the bad guys like they are good guys. But um, it is one of the universes that I have more easily been able to say, yes, both sides are wrong. Yeah, Um, no, 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 that's fair. Like, like it's hard because the original trilogy, we don't really get a deep look at Jedi and their philosophy. Like that was really expanded upon by other types of media, like video games, books, comic books, Mm -hmm. animated series, that sort of stuff where we start to see like Jedi being portrayed as being almost, almost like a Vulcan in Star Trek. Like you have to divorce yourself from all emotion in order to be a Jedi, you know, even positive emotions can lead to bad things. So you're not supposed to be emotional at all. You're supposed to be stoic. And I didn't really get that sense as much in the original trilogy. I got that through the build out of the universe, but that really does seem Mm -hmm. to be where a lot of the material is going. We also got to see an actual trailer for, um, Ahsoka or a little teaser, which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, I thought it looked good. I love the tiny hint we got of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, I didn't even recognize Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. <laughs> I thought you said we were talking about it later. Well, now we're talking about now. <sighs> Jonathan, <laughs> I can't see your face. We've got our cameras turned off. It's hard to follow. Sorry. Um, yes. No, it's okay. Um, uh, have you watched uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars, or Star Wars Rebels, the cartoons? I, I've seen, I've seen like the first episode. Like I tried to watch it, some of that early on, and it was before it really started to catch on. So I didn't, I didn't stick with it. So no, I, I honestly, the real answer there is no. Gotcha. I've seen like an episode or two, which, you know, all of all of our mutual friends and probably friends who are not mutual as well, who have watched those series are super excited for this trailer. It hits them in all the right spots. But honestly, for someone who is not as invested in those stories, I did watch the Clone Wars movie, like the really cool, like 2D animated one that happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that. But, you know, even as someone who is not as familiar with the lore and doesn't recognize as many Easter eggs right off. I still quite enjoyed the trailer. Um, I didn't expect to be excited for Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Ahsoka? Ahsoka. I still can't say her name. No, same here. uh, I mean, like, because again, neither of us were watching the media where this character uh, was really prominent. She she was Anakin's Padawan in the lore of like the, the clone wars and, and that sort of stuff. And she showed up in uh, season two of the Mandalorian and, um, uh, it was played, uh, very she, well. She also, she also showed up in bubble fett, uh, poor thing. Did she? Um, yeah. I don't even remember. Oh, that's right. In the Mandalorian where episode the, where of the two, fett. Yeah. In the two Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why I didn't remember because I was like, I don't remember her stinking up the place. I'm like, Oh, it's because it was in one of the, one of the Mandalorian episodes that was nestled into the book of Boba Fett. And other than the fact that the Mandalorian totally went to the Citadel for mass effect in those episodes, they were kind of weak Mandalorian episodes too. Yeah. But, but super strong Boba Fett episodes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna mark that off as talked about. Okay. Um, but, but we can also chat about some of the other stuff that was in celebration. Like they announced so many movies. They announced, uh, not just 
stuff that would happen before the series. Cause there's apparently going to be a movie that c- takes place in the era before the prequels. They talked about one that took would take place after rise of Skywalker and would see the return of a particular actress playing a particular Jedi. Yep. Daisy Ridley will be back as Ray. Uh, the events in the new movie will take place 15 years after rise of Skywalker. Honestly, like I like Daisy Ridley and I kind of liked Ray. I did not think that the second trilogy got, or the third trilogy, the, the try the, yeah, the third of the trilogy of movies. Um, it's weird. This is my movies. Anyhow, uh, I need more caffeine, everybody. Uh, I didn't thought think it got a good enough reaction to warrant another movie in that part of the universe. I haven't. I still have not watched Rise of Skywalker. Like, and again, I've said this before on this show. If you had told the young boy version of me back in the eighties when I was a I was the biggest Star Wars fan in the world that there would be a Star Wars movie that would come out that would conclude the Skywalker saga, and I would just never bother to get around to watch it. I would have thought you were insane, but that's the way it is. Cause I just, the, the third trilogy, like I do not like the prequels at all. I am not a prequel Mm -hmm. fan. I, there are moments of them that I found interesting, but they're just moments as a whole. I I really did not like them. And I feel very much the same way about the, third trilogy. And part of the reason is because there was, there was behind the scenes, a big reversal over and over again. Right. Cause you had part seven, then Ryan Johnson comes in with part eight and decides to subvert everything, which is not necessarily a bad choice in its own, but it did upset the apple cart. And then JJ Abrams comes in with number nine and tries to put everything back on the track that number seven was on. And it just starts to feel like, every movie is contradicting the one before it. And that's frustrating from a fan experience, at least for me, I'm not, I don't mean to mm-hmm. paint every fan with the same brush, but that's I, why I'm not really hooked in on another film post rise of Skywalker, even though I think Daisy Ridley is a great actress and I think she deserved better. Yeah, I, my husband and I have talked about this at length uh, as, as well as you and I have, but um, I just, I'm done with the Skywalkers. Uh, Mm -hmm. Their story has been told. It's been over told. I didn't mind the Rian Johnson movie. I just, it felt out of place, like you said. Um, But I, I kind of enjoyed it minus the, the Luke milking some green milk. Mm -mm, Nope. But anyhow, uh, (laughs) angry milking is not for me, but uh but yeah, no, I'm just, I'm done with the Skywalkers. There is such an expansive Star Wars universe that why are we doing all these prequels and sequels that have been overtold? And I think it's even kind of affected like my enjoy enjoyment of like Andor because I loved Rogue One. I thought it was a great movie. Um, whether or not you think it was a great Star Wars movie because it was pretty dark, I really enjoyed it. Um, but the Andor TV show, and you know, as soon as I say stop focusing on the Skywalkers and they focus on Andor, I'm like, eh, it didn't really hit me. But there's so much to explore. And 
we don't need more prequels. I think part of the reason I didn't like Andor was it was a prequel. I had already seen the end of the story. I didn't really care about the beginning. Um, I felt like I had gotten a full story in Rogue One. And I feel that way about a lot of these things, even kind of Acolyte. Um, I just, I'm, I'm getting burnt out and I need them to, you know. Get further away focus from on, this from this one span. Yeah, focus on the horse people or the rabbit people, or yeah. or or um, go way, 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 way back, like in Knights of the Old Republic games, and and you're dealing mm-hmm. with stuff that happens millennia before the events of the original trilogy. So there's no connection with those characters because that there are a lot of different complaints about Star Wars that all tie into this. Right, one is that while it's supposed to be set in a whole galaxy, that galaxy feels awful small because you keep going back to the same freaking planets. How many times do we have to go to Tatooine? Right? Like this is supposed to be a galaxy filled with worlds. And yet we keep going back to the same, like four or five. So that's one of the things. It also feels like it's a galaxy where it's supposed to be huge. And yet people just keep on running into each other. It's, it's like, you know, I've, I've had that weird experience where I'm someplace where I don't expect to see someone I know. And then I see someone I know and you're like, oh, small world. That's amazing. But in Star Wars, it's like it happens every freaking day to the point where you're like, are there only eight people yeah. in this galaxy <laughs> and everybody yeah, else is a non-player character? I mean, it's like playing Star Wars The Old Republic, except for in Star Wars The Old Republic, you come across so many new storylines and people and just occasionally get somebody you recognize. So it's really awesome and fun. That yeah. was the uh, MMO they came out with that uh, developed by Bioware. I think it's still out there. Um, I have it on my computer, I think. <laughs> I thought there was talk of them doing a remaster of at least one of those. So I'm not sure. But... I think I think it's a remaster of Knights of the Old Republic, which mm. is more like mass effect than world of warcraft yes but i thought they did so knights knights of the republic the emma the star wars mmo did put for anybody who hasn't played it did play like uh mass effect as in like you had uh different dialogue options that would branch off and into different choose your own adventure uh lines so yeah and you could you could either be light side or dark side or try and walk the middle row And that was one of those pieces I was talking about earlier that really kind of explored uh, this this idea of the Jedi being so uh, repressive with their emotions that it ultimately hurts them. That was explored in those those games. Yeah, we also got Star Wars Goonies, uh, which we did get a first trailer for, but I don't think I watched it. No, no, we didn't get it. Well, the the crowd at celebration got it but it hasn't been released gotcha. to the public yet yeah it's called star wars skeleton crew and it has jude law in it and a bunch of young actors playing characters in the star wars universe i don't know if they're supposed to be like jedi in training or if it's something else i don't know because there there's very few details given about what mm-hmm. this is apart from it's a bunch of kids running around in the forest and having adventures i will say you know i've already thrown the mary sue under the bus once but I'm going to do it again. I um, Ooh, be careful. <laughs> well, I went, I went to the site and I, cause I saw that they had an article about this and uh, the article we're referencing comes out of IGN, but IGN was giving kind of a rundown of the entire list of announcements. And, uh, and so I went to see the Mary Sue's article just about skeleton crew. 
to kind of get a better idea of what it was about, they included a YouTube video, but it, it was a fan made trailer where it was just taking a bunch of different clips of Jude law from different films and stitching it with some, some scenes from different star Wars properties and putting it together as if it were a trailer and it had nothing to do with children at all. No kids show up in this trailer at all. Gotcha. And I'm just like, can you not include fake trailers as part of your actual article about this thing? Because it gives the wrong impression. Yeah. I wonder if somebody just didn't pay enough attention. It's um, possible. Yeah, we have a lot more to talk about, and we are already very far into our episodes, so we'll probably pick it up. I'm going to say let's go ahead and talk about the other thing they showed at Star Wars Celebration, despite the fact that it's not Star Wars, which is the Indiana Jones trailer. Sounds um, good. The new one. Yes. We've already had one. After you've, I, I'm sorry, you put a lot of work into organizing our, our lineup today. Oh, no, today, no, no. no Indiana Jones bouncing all around it. It should totally be with the other celebration stuff. I just messed up when I was, when I was grouping things together. No, it should not be. It's not star Wars. <laughs> no, but it's Lucasfilm. So, you know, it kind of falls into that same thing, but yeah, we got a new trailer for Indiana Jones. Now the people at celebration got not just the new trailer, but additional several minutes of footage from the film. I will say, uh, the trailer looks good. Uh, I kind of wonder, in the trailer, there's a moment where Indiana Jones's goddaughter appears to totally um, abandon him. And it really makes me wonder what's the story behind that moment. But far from that, I thought it looked pretty good. If you haven't watched the trailers yet, uh, that's the character Phoebe Waller-Bridge is playing. Honestly, yeah, I, I also thought it looked good. Um, I like that Indiana Jones is just flat out going into retirement kind of in, in the trailer. Um, I, yeah, I did not expect to be into this trailer and it, it looks like quite a bit of fun and I will probably see it in the theater even. Um, it definitely I'm still looks, not going to set my, you're not going to set your expectations too high. No, I'm not. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I will say it. <laughs> it does look better than crystal skull, but then that is a very low bar for me. It, it's still not my least favorite movie. And I did see crystal skull in the theater as well. It wasn't good, but it you have a, worse. there's a different Indiana Jones that you hate more than crystal skull. Oh no. There's just a different movie. I hate more. Oh, well, yeah, sure. No, I mean, yes, there are other movies I've seen that are worse than kingdom of the crystal skull, but in the Indiana Jones series, I don't think there is. Yes. Sure. Sure. Uh, there are moments in the rest of the Indiana Jones series that I might stick down there with it, but not overall movies. Um, we also did get a bunch more stuff from Disney this past week. Uh, the first of which was a super awesome new trailer for Across the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah, technically, I guess that's Sony, not Disney, but it is, um, oh. which is my fault. It's my fault, again, for putting it in that lineup in that spot. But yeah, we think of it as Disney because, of course, it does tie into the the Marvel universe in general, but Sony still has the rights to, uh, to Spider-Man. But yeah, uh, I really, I mean, into the spider verse was one of those super surprise movies for me, uh, which is weird because I didn't watch it when it first came out. It took a little bit before I watched it, but I, I was going into it 
with low expectations. And then I was delighted by how amazing that movie was. I have very high expectations for across the spider verse. And so far the trailer is making me feel pretty confident that that's the way to go. Yeah. I failed you as a friend. If you went in with low expectations, I saw it over that Christmas holiday that it came out in the movie theater. I will say though, I love the art style, but watching it on the big screen gave me a little bit of eye strain because the way that they did the, uh, red blue kind of echo uh illustration in it mm-hmm. while it it was to mirror comic books and i've said this on the show before but if you're a new listener you get to hear it and if you're an old listener i'm sorry you're hearing it again it made it feel like it was a 3d movie and it made my eyes want to adjust to it like as it was a 3d movie and it at times not through the whole movie got a little difficult for me to stare at gotcha but yeah, I, I loved this story I only saw it on my television at home. I didn't see it in the theater. So I saw it when it came to streaming and I was so impressed by it. And I will definitely go to the theater to see across the spider verse. Uh, I'm very curious to find out what the, what's behind the conflict that we're seeing in the trailer. I don't want to say too much in case people are trying to, to go into it without any spoilers whatsoever. Like I know folks who will mm-hmm. avoid trailers so that they can really yeah. go into a film fresh and I don't want to spoil anything, but I am really wondering what is the source because we get a hint of what the conflict is just a tiny hint. And I really want to know more yeah. about what is going on. I mean, we, we get to see who we get to see a couple of the villains um, in more fullness or I don't even know if villain's the right word. Again, I, if we want to be in vague terms, you should watch the trailer if you want to see it. Um, uh, if if you aren't worried about spoiling the movie. But I, I, I think that this movie will have some really nice, fun takes on the key components to what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man without being too uh, rehashed. Um, and I, I think they've... I think they've just had a lot of fun. There are even some, like, ridiculous pop culture references in there that I, I was honestly surprised that as many people knew them as do. Um, no, it just, it looks delightful. I agree with you. I'll probably see it in the theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well. Well, something that we won't see in the theater because it's coming to streaming is secret invasion, <laughs> secret invasion. It's not, that's not a movie. That's a series on what Disney plus. I- what if I get to a movie theater really early and I sit in there and I put my headphones in and I watch it on my phone? That's not the and same I'm seeing thing. seeing it you in a the theater. It. All right, pedantic girl. You, you can be quiet now. So Secret Invasion, obviously, this is the series that's going to bring back, uh, 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 you know, our, our, our beloved Nick Fury. He comes back to deal with a, a big old mess on Earth that has to do with um, some, some uh, changelings that are causing all sorts of problems. And we still don't understand what the whole reason behind the invasion is like that. Hasn't yeah. really been touched on because the last time we saw anything about these, these aliens, uh, they were just looking for a place to survive where they weren't going to be, you know, hunted to extinction. And uh, now it looks like they're on the offense on earth. And it's like, what is going on and why is it happening? We don't really know but it does look it, like it's going to be packed with action. And there's a few returning faces as well. Yes, uh, we did actually see Nick Fury and one of the crawl. Is that it? 
Krill? The Cree. The Cree. Yeah, scroll, no. scrolls, so and Cree. You 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 combine the two. No, of them. what I meant this scroll. The yeah. scrolls. We did see one of the scrolls and Nick Fury in a Easter egg after a previous movie where they seem to be getting along. So I, I it I'm betting it's a super complex story. It does look interesting. Again, with like Star Wars and Marvel fatigue, this is it looks interesting. It looks good. I'm mm. sure it will be fantastic. It's not one of the ones that I'm like super excited to watch. I mean, I'm excited just to see more Nick Fury, and I'm guessing this is probably going to be his his way of bowing out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe by the end of it. That's my yeah. guess, um, because that yeah. kind of feels like what the current phases are. It's sort of like the changing of the guard where we're seeing more and more characters from the first uh, few phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe taking a step back, either because they're retired or they did. And then uh, new ones are taking their place. So my guess is we're going to see Nick Fury take a step back at the end of this series. That's just based on nothing more than just my gut feeling. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I am anticipating this one a little bit. But like you, I am I'm feeling that burden. We'll talk more about superhero fatigue in just a, a couple minutes. But yeah. Yeah, and we got to rush or we will run out of time. Uh, next was the Guardians of the Three final trailer. <laughs> Guardians of the Gu- Three? Guardians of the Three. Guardians of the Galaxy Three final trailer. I yeah. don't think we needed another one. The first one was a mix of like fun and sad. It went from like fun to sad. It was like, haha, psych, you're going to cry. The second one was more fun. And this third one is just sad. In fact, it is so sad that I watched the trailer through on two times speed so I could get through it. And uh, this is going to shock everybody, including Jonathan. This might be one that uh, I am definitely waiting for spoilers on this one because uh, I have big does the dog die anxiety syndrome. Um, (laughs) But uh, much like I, I did watch through all of Firefly, but I never watched the movie afterwards because I found out that Wash died. Um, spoiler uh, Jonathan <laughs> is not a spoiler uh never Curse watched sudden the movie. but inevitable betrayal also you know I'm not the hugest firefly flan F- firefly flan I'm <laughs> definitely not a firefly flan but I'm also not a huge firefly fire gosh darn it Ariel, oh, let me, let I'm me, not a huge I do that firefly f- no I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this firefly fan okay but Ariel <laughs> When you were in Mexico, did you have any Firefly fly fan flan? <laughs> yes, and I brought some and could throw it at you. Okay, I'm kidding. Um, uh, actually, I didn't have any flan in Mexico. Flan. I'm more of a tres leches, but uh, yeah, I had I will, some tres leches. Really I will say that that yeah, I agree with you that this. No, that's this... a lie. I had sweet corn flan, and it was really good. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, this trailer is uh, really emotional, and like we've been. James Gunn has said from the get go that this was going to be a truly emotional conclusion to the guardians of the galaxy films, at least as far as he's doing, you know, maybe we'll get a different incarnation of that group in the future. Like that's possible because there have been different versions of guardians of the galaxy in the comics. So maybe we'll get that, but, and we don't know which ones are going to make it through and which ones aren't. Um, I've talked about in the past about the characters I thought who are not going to make it. But we'll see. 
uh, yeah, this looks like it's going to be a tough watch. Yeah, I'm, I may not watch it. I just may not watch it. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, I Something else I'm uncertain if I'm going to watch is the Pixar movie Elemental. Uh, he, this is weird because every time a new trailer comes out, it feels like it's a different thing than what the previous one was hinting at. Cause like, I think we, I think I mentioned that it felt like it was a combination of what was it inside out and, uh, and Zootopia. Zootopia. Yeah. That it felt like it was that now it feels like it's less that and more of a, star-crossed lovers kind of story like two people who should not be matched up have developed feelings for each other kind of thing which is vaguely zootopia also um turning red about generational expectations yeah 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 um it looks cute like uh this one this one doesn't hook me the way some trailers have for past pixar films where i i saw it and then immediately thought Oh man, I can't wait for that to come out, but, uh, I could definitely see myself seeing this one, but it might be one of the ones where I wait until it's streaming and I don't go see it on the big screen. I, I agree. I love the art style. This story just feels like it's already been told to me and it's not a bad story. Specifically, it feels like it's already been told by Pixar. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. I think that's a total fair criticism. All right. Apparently. My speaking has also translated to my typing because next we're talking about the Blue Beetle trailer, but I totally typed it as Boo Beetle trailer, which also works. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've we had I think we had had a teaser for Blue Beetle previously, um, but we actually got a full trailer for it. The Internet went kind of crazy because the Blue Blue Beetle's dad calls Batman a fascist. And I'm like. Uh, why one why do you care so much and two this is the superhero's dad who is obviously a little out of touch so you're not necessarily supposed to agree with him like i mean it's on folks batman also like first of all (laughs) there's so many different incarnations of batman we don't even know which one he's talking about at this point but um i mean but yeah i would would definitely say batman's a vigilante vigilante not a fascist but there are there are versions of batman where he's portrayed as more uh I mean, actually, most of the time he's not portrayed as a fascist at all. In fact, quite the opposite, because he's about he's about fighting against uh, uh, what he perceives as being evil, even if it breaks the law. Whereas Superman is typically the one who's portrayed as the fascist because he follows the law, even if the law is unjust. Uh, That's kind of the whole point of um, the the batman versus superman stuff that that frank mm-hmm. miller did years ago but anyway uh, I, I was unaware of the brouhaha because i'm not on social media anymore so i didn't even know that that was like a thing i just thought the trailer I, looked fine uh you see i think the trailer looked like a lot of fun i was really worried because it's I was worried about two things. I was excited about Blue Beetle because if we also get a Booster Gold, which I think we've heard about, I think James Gunn has said we're getting Booster Gold, right? Yeah. Well, at least that was, there was a point where that was definitely the case. I don't know if it still is with all the different changes that have happened in the DC universe. That being said, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold have a very fun relationship. 
So I was worried about two things with this movie coming out, both of which seem to not be the case. One, I was worried about it getting scrapped like Batgirl, and it didn't, but that's because it's coming out in movie theaters. I honestly thought it was coming out on HBO, so bad on me. Two, um, I was worried it was going to be like Zack Snyder Dark, which I didn't think it could be. You know, I I don't think it should be, rather. It could be. It shouldn't be. It Uh, looks like a lot of fun, mm -hmm. I think. And uh, I... I love uh, Jolo Maranduena Enya. Maranduena. Oh. <laughs> I should have looked up how to pronounce his name, but I can't talk today, so forgive me. Uh, no, I was going to say that um, it, it kind of gave me vibes of if you took Iron Man and mixed it with the greatest American hero. Oh, you see that? I love both of those. So, um, uh, but it, it is interesting because there are, you know, this is not the only previous DC movie that hasn't gotten scrapped. Some of them because they were way far into development. But, um, you know, like James Gunn said, the flat, the upcoming Flashpoint movie is like one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen, which kind of leads into. And I'm sorry if you have something else about Blue Beetle to say. No. Say it now before I move, no, move awesome. on. Awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which watch the trailer. If you like Blue Beetle, you might like it. I'm going to name my blue car after it. Um, anyhow, uh, it's not a beetle though, so that's going to be confusing. Um, James Gunn was talking about how superhero fatigue is a real thing because you know everybody's talking about it with Guardians of the Galaxy three and him taking over DC. Um, and uh, he says that he doesn't even think it's fatigue of superheroes; it's fatigue of story. If you don't have a story that connects to people's hearts and a story that people can really invest in, um, what is happening to the characters, if it's all spectacle then that's what causes a fatigue. And, you know, I honestly, I kind of agree with him. However, there have been so many superhero stories told um, that that is a mighty challenge to do. I'm guessing that Blue Beetle and Flashpoint both have decent stories um, for James Gunn to be behind it. But uh, yeah, I, I, it is another thing that makes me vaguely optimistic about him taking over DC is, is the knowledge. Cause I, I really agree with him that fatigue comes from not having a good story. Cause like WandaVision was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. No, I, I feel the same way. I think this is how I feel about action movies too. Right. Like if, if it's mm-hmm. just an action film where stuff explodes and people go fast, this is why I cannot stand the thought of trying to watch fast and furious because to me, those movies come across as if they're about nothing else other than the spectacle, especially the further in you go. And so I have no interest in those movies because if there's nothing for me to connect with on an emotional level, what do I care if a bunch of CGI cars are barely dodging out of the way of CGI yeah. obstacles? It doesn't mean anything. And uh, you, same thing with you the You at least have to make me laugh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need to have... I need to have characters that I actually care about to at least some degree. Otherwise there are no stakes. If there are no stakes, then why do I care if someone wins or loses? Right. If there are no emotional stakes, then it doesn't matter. So I I, I feel the same way that James Gunn was saying. I think the pace at which these things have been coming out has made it almost impossible to create stories that have really good Mm -hmm. resonance because you're just constantly moving on to the next thing. And I think part of the problem here 
is that we have seen Marvel and Star Wars, like Disney in general, set these crazy release schedules that end up making it very difficult to tell uh, stories that resonate with and, and still also get check all the other boxes for spectacle, right? And so we end up with spectacle, often spectacle that suffers from very obvious CGI, which again, just makes it feel empty and you don't have the anchor there for the audience to really care about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also I, so, I mean, some of it is superhero because as much as I love those stories, I'm really John's in for some, some new stories. So let's talk about uh, some new stories coming out. The first is we got a trailer for Simulant, which first I read is Stimulant. Listen, my speaking and typing has also gone over into my reading, my reading, because like yesterday, my friend shared a, a, uh, a an article about a, a cereal coming out that had like raspberry and blueberry flavored cereal and then macaron flavored marshmallows. And I thought it said macaroni and I was extra confused and I thought simulant was stimulant. So when you put AKA blade runner, but from the replicant perspective, I was like, how does that match? And then every time they said simulant in the trailer, I heard stimulant. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, the, the little snide subtitle I put about blade runner from the replicant perspective pretty much tells you, uh, kind of the vibe of this movie. It's it's set in a future, not too distant future, next Sunday AD maybe, where uh, it is possible to create robots that are almost perfect replicas of people. And the way the movie seems to be positioning it is that this is a, a way that a company, you know, makes money by by convincing people who are grieving due to the loss of a loved one to get a replica of that loved one. The replicas are generally unaware that they are a replica. They think of themselves as being the continuation of the person who has died. And so your main character is a a guy who finds out that he's not human. He's a simulant. He encounters uh, a person who is trying to uh, free simulants so that one, they're aware of what they are. And two, they do not have the RoboCop like restrictions programmed into them that otherwise prevent them from having free will. And I'm like, all of those ideas that are being explored here, I've seen before, but this does at least look Mm -hmm. pretty slick and interesting. Uh, It's, it's not like it's a new concept, but it does look like at least it's executed well. Yeah. It it also doesn't look like a sequel or a spinoff of something directly, even if it is in spirit. Um, But no, I agree. It's, it's not a new concept. It seems like AI sentience. um, I'd be really interested to look at a timeline uh, because it, because it comes and goes it like, it's like the tide. Um, Whenever we get AI movies, we get a whole slew of them and then they all go away. Cause we've got another, um, artificial intelligence getting sentience uh movie to talk about uh in a couple more trailers if you Um, want we can even just jump to that since it is thematic i mean it's fine with me sure sure uh so the other one is called the artifice girl and it is about an ai that is so realistic that basically the authorities think that it is a real girl who's gone missing and they go after her creator um 
But then it turns out that that AI has a will of her own and is using it kind of deviously, maybe yeah. o- overtly deviously. Um, the trailer doesn't spoil too much. <laughs> right. And, but it does tap into something that is like a, a legitimate uh, point of discussion within the AI community, which is there's this general concept of how do you protect the world from a superhuman intelligent uh, artificial intelligence, right? If it reaches superhuman levels, how do you make sure that that doesn't end up hurting people? And one argument you have often heard, if you if you follow those fields, is you would design the system in such a way where it's standalone. It's not connected to other systems, right? There's an air gap, so it's not like it's connected mm-hmm. to the internet so that it could not somehow break free and then take control of other stuff. And that way, You've isolated it and you can still use it for what it was meant to do, but it can't escape its confines. And then people who argue against that say, no, you've said already it's superhuman, which means it will be able to figure us out better than we can, which means it will find ways to convince us to remove those restrictions and to allow it to escape. There's even a guy who ran an experiment where the experiment was he, he, went on a message board and he invited people to role play as if he were the AI in the box. And he says, if I can convince you to let me out of the box, you have to come on this forum and tell people that you did, but you cannot tell them how it happened. You can't reveal any information. This is just a thought experiment to see if I can convince you to let me out of the box and you don't give any more details. And sure enough, every time he ran it, sooner or later, the person would go on the forum and say, I let him out of the box. And it's like, okay, well, if that's possible, then AI could do it. That seems to be kind of the underlying tone of this trailer. Yeah. First of all, that's really cool. I hadn't heard of that before. It's, it also, to me, like if you're superhuman, maybe you don't need a human to let you out of the box. Maybe you'll figure a way to break out yourself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is it is a very long-standing conversation. One, if those people knew that he was actually human and not an AI, you know, I don't know if that swayed their, you know, decisions sure. at all. Sure, Um, But how much artificial learning makes you sentient, you know? Cause, yeah. Like, because that's the point, is AIs learn so much that they basically develop their own opinions and things like that, as opposed to it just being programming and it's really hard to tell the difference sometimes. Heck, my best friend slash sister has a, a an AI puppy. And like, it is hard not to treat that thing like a real puppy. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's um, the thing is that like AI can be very, very good at simulating things that we associate with life. But the question then is, at what point in the complexity would you just go ahead and say, this is life. It's just life in a different, you know, manifestation than what we're used to versus this is just a very sophisticated program that's running on rules that you can't necessarily see, but it's literally just a series of rules. And if you were to strip all that away, you'd just be left with circuits and, and no, Mm -hmm. nothing else. Like there's no other kind of intelligence or soul or anything else you would associate with it. 
I mean, but if you just strip away like my my flesh and my muscles, you end up with just a skeleton, right? Um, <laughs> it's it's a very complex question. It's a little scary to think about, as especially as like a people pleasing, bleeding heart person, like you know I am, yeah. and I, I, I know you you are often. Yeah, you know? uh, no, always. You know, Ariel, I'll say that at the end, we'll just learn the lesson that the skeleton was inside you all along. I mean, that is true. Uh, but this is this is too complex for me. I need I need us to talk about something much uh, less serious and much less difficult to understand, which is this new Barbie movie that's coming out. The new trailer. Look, I was you guys heard us talk about it. I was not really on board for a Barbie movie. I was happy for the people who wanted it, but I didn't want it. But now I really, really do want this movie and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I. uh <laughs> Uh, the thing that appeals to me about it is that it feels cheeky without going overboard, right? Like it's, yeah. it, they're clearly winking and nodding to the audience. It's it's like you were saying earlier, it's got stuff in it for the adults where the adults are totally going to pick up on the cheeky humor that's being delivered and the kids are just going to enjoy the surface level story. Yeah, it's I, I you know, I don't know if this is a kids movie. Uh we'll have to see. It also has a lot of Barbie lore if you if you have played with Barbie for a long time and remember some of the old iterations that fail or succeeded. Honestly, I would be in this movie just to watch Ryan Gosling and Simu Liu uh have a, a Ken off, which from this latest tra- trailer is definitely happening. Yep. Um I'm in it just for that. Well, also, and- Simu Liu is in Simulant as well. I, I will watch that <laughs> actor in many things because he's very good. Yes. And and good for him for landing uh, very different roles. That's cool, too. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, one, I think it's hilarious that they're living in a world where most people are named either Barbie or Ken. Obviously, there are going to be other names, too, because Barbie does have her friends in the lore. But a lot of the characters are just called Barbie. So they just call each other. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. How are you, Barbie? That Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that that cracked me up. And I'm very, very curious about whether or not they actually make it into the real world. I'm assuming they do. But you do see a sign at one point where it says this way to the real world. So if you look so part of part of this latest along with this latest trailer, they came out with a bunch of advertising for all the different characters one of them is like this is barbie this is also barbie with different actors in there as as their barbie characters this mm-hmm. barbie's a mermaid this barbie's a diplomat this is a ken you guessed it this is also a ken hey this is a ken there's only one alan um which if you don't know who alan is don't feel bad it was a barbie figure at one point um but very very briefly uh and uh, there there are some spoilers as to whether or not that happens in that marketing. I won't tell you, Jonathan. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that told you, but I'm not going to go into it more. However, that marketing's hilarious. Um, I also really like that um, some of the some of the Barbies are definitely plus sized, and it was a more recent thing that Barbie came out with different um, body types and heights and things like that, which one meant they could sell more clothes because your clothes won't fit across all Barbies. Two meant it was a little more realistic, but they didn't really have any very plus size Barbies. Um, It looks like there are some more plus size uh, actresses uh, playing Barbies in this, of which I would consider myself a plus size actress right now. So that's not a diss in any way. Um, And I'm very excited for that. Yeah, I, I, 
have to admit that this trailer, it, again, it gives me vibes of like the Brady movies that came out, the Brady Bunch mm-hmm. films where, you know, they were both paying homage to the source material while also being super, you know, cheeky and silly about it. And just, just having fun with the concept. This has, this has a lot of the same vibe to me. Yeah. Um, the next three trailers I didn't know super about. They look interesting. I don't know a whole lot about them. Let's go through them super, super quick. Cause we're sure. running super, super long and you still have to tell people how to contact you. Uh, so, um, yes, we have hip, hypnotic which is a movie coming out with um oh my gosh ben affleck uh about a guy whose daughter has been kind of kidnapped and the villain is someone who has hypnotic powers he can speak to you and make you do what he wants or believe what he wants and it's um very slick how they portray that in the trailer i think it looks very good yeah it makes me think of uh mr purple from Mm -hmm. um the why can i not think of her name the the Jessica Jones. Yes, thank you. Jessica Jones. Yeah. It makes me think of the purple man from Jessica Jones. And uh yes. it's the same sort of thing. It's like the the fiction of this world is that there are people known as hypnotics who have learned how to manipulate sound and and uh eye contact and these sort of things to essentially erase your willpower and turn you into their puppet for a given amount of time. And then they have you do whatever it is. And then you end up taking the blame for it. That seems to be the, the long and short of the basic premise. Uh, I think it looks interesting. I think if I can get past the ridiculous conceit of the film <laughs> and I can just buy into <laughs> it. And if I could just say like, just think of it as magic, it's just magic. Then I think I can handle it. The problem is that I have a lot of like, skepticism about hypnosis in general that I have to get past it's a, first. It's a superpower. And yes, you get past that's that what, a lot. That's what I have to do though. I have to think of it as a super human kind like, of concept as opposed to, uh, no, these are people who just managed to develop the skill. And I'm like, okay, no, you gotta, if you say it's super powered, then I can totally go with you on this trip. But otherwise it starts to make yeah. me get antsy, which is weird. That, that's I mean, my that's, own personal hang up. I get it. <laughs> That's what you have to do with half the sci-fi out there. Like source code is a fun movie. If you don't think about the fact that it's not source code in any way whatsoever. Uh, the, the other two movies we have, one is silo, which is an Apple TV movie coming out. So yay. Excited to getting to watch that. Um, about it's basically like the Truman show meets uh, fallout, which Jonathan might disagree with my, my thing about that is a bunch of people who are in a silo kind of bunkerish kind of situation who have been told they can never go outside. They have images of whatever, what's outside and they start questioning it mm-hmm. about what, it, whether that's really the outside or not, or whether they've been put in here and lied to. And every so often people kind of try to subvert the system. And then if you say you want to go outside, they'll put you outside and you'll never hear from them again. So everybody assumes that they've been died or horribly destroyed or whatever. Um, it, Again, not a new concept, but it looks well done and I'm actually interested to watch it. Yeah, it's based off a series of books that were written by a person who first started just by doing self-publishing through Amazon's platform. And this is one of those crazy success stories that occasionally happens for people who are doing that sort of thing. Uh, his works got optioned to uh, to be published internationally and the film rights got optioned and now it's being turned into a movie. So it's, it's an awesome success story on that regard. Mm-hmm. I would also say that in addition to fallout and um, 
Truman Show, I would throw in a little bit of Urine Town, the musical in here where uh, no spoilers for Urine Town, but there's a, a whole thing about what people are being told and their suspicions about how that might not line up with what is real. And so, yeah, it's it looks to me like a, a pretty cool adaptation of something that I had not heard about until I saw this trailer. Yeah. And the last is uh, something that when you hear about, you're going to, uh, or still, which I think I already mentioned, um, it's kind of a documentary. It's a, it is a documentary um, where Michael J. Fox himself is included about Michael J. Fox, about his rise to fame and then his fight with Parkinson's. You hear that and you go, oh, this is going to be really depressing. And I'm sure there are going to be some very sad, heartfelt moments, but the trailer for it makes it look exceptionally uplifting. And it's really, really amazing to watch Michael J. Fox create this piece of media to both celebrate his successes and his trials and give people hope who maybe are also dealing with Parkinson's. Yeah. Uh, I've seen interviews in the past with Michael J. Fox where he was addressing his, his fight with Parkinson's and uh, the way his family has helped him and everything. And it's always been a mixture of, of uh, inspiring and entertaining. I got, I'll, I'll never forget there was a great one where he was talking about how someone on Twitter was calling him out about using his condition uh, and leveraging it for sympathy or something. And like, it was a really nasty tweet, right? Like it was someone being really trollish toward him. And he doesn't really, he says, you know, I don't really use social media that much. So my son told me, like, I was like, I don't know how I should respond to this guy. And my son told me just type in SMH. And so he did not knowing what it stood for. And he says, what does that mean? And he says, shaking my head. And it was about like Parkinson's and about how Parkinson's had affected him. And so then the shaking my head ends up being a meta joke because of course with Parkinson's, he has less control over his motive functions. Right. And mm-hmm. he was like, it was the best because the guy, the guy who was trolling him came back with like a, you're the King, man. That was the best response he possibly could have done. And it just shows like Michael J. Fox maintains a real positive outlook and a sense of humor about things, even in the most difficult of situations, which is incredible. So I am really eager to see this documentary. Me too. Me too. And what a great, thank you for sharing, sharing that story. Yet another one I hadn't heard. What a great way to end this episode. If you've stuck around with us for this uh, well over an hour episode, uh, thank you. We've really, we hope you're geeking out about these things as much as we are. Um, if you want to write to Jonathan, how should they do that, Jonathan? Well, what they'll have to do is they will have to stare out at the slowly rotating spiral shape and take slow, deep breaths and gently start to feel their eyelids getting heavier and heavier till they're almost closed. And just as their body starts to sink into the surface they're sitting or laying on, as they feel themselves slip away and their willpower becoming my own, they should slip $20 in an envelope and then leave it under that rock over on the corner and I'll make sure to pick it up and I'll get back to you. And uh, when I snap my fingers, you'll be awake. Uh, what what just happened? Um, I feel like I should foolishly give away about $20 somewhere. Um, you anyhow, right you should. Uh, if you can... Um, 
I like to give my, away my money wisely. I like I like to be generous, but I like to do it wisely. Um, Shucks. If you'd like to reach us, since I guess Jonathan didn't tell us anything, you can do so on social media, on Twitter, we're LNC underscore podcast, on Facebook, Discord, and Instagram, we're Large Nerd Drum Collider, or you can email us at largenerdrumpod at gmail.com. Um, I love the people who have joined the Discord channel. It's fun to chat with you about what you've been watching and get your reactions. Uh, it's it's great to um, get your emails as well and and your Facebook messages. And you know, if we're slow to respond, it's just because we're busy, but we do see it and we do love you. Um, and we love being back. And we hope you have an amazing week. And until next time, I am Ariel Caston. And I am Jonathan. Hey, I got an idea for Star Wars, Strickland. Please no. Please no. The Large Nerdron Collider was created by Ariel Caston and produced, edited, published, deleted, undeleted, published again, cursed at, by Jonathan Strickland. Music by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com.